welcome to the Tioka Podcast, where we discuss the intersection of telecom, technology, and innovation. Today, our focus is on 5G and the challenges the industry faces in taking it to the next level. My guest today is Dimitris Dernikas, who is a fellow in innovations and a senior director of technology evolutions at Tioko. So welcome, Dimitris, and thank you for joining. Nice to be here, Barbara. So can you begin by telling our listeners just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a fellow in the Teoko Innovations team uh, with a specific role to uh, assist in uh, evolving our products uh, um, towards 5G. Um, I have been in the industry for more than 25 years, working in various roles, uh, um, first in the academia, but then with Teoko and Aircom, uh, uh, developing and delivering optimization and planning capabilities. Uh, my background in radio, working over the years, uh, uh, was in designing and uh, optimizing radio networks uh, in all technologies, starting from 2G, and 3G, 4G, and 5G now. Uh, my specific focus right now is uh, uh, exactly to look at 5G and work uh, with our customers, our suppliers, and academic partners. Uh, to evolve our current uh, uh, capabilities and develop new solutions uh, that will address those emerging uh, 5G needs. Um, this is really a topic that I'm quite excited because uh, I've been involved in the industry for quite a long time and uh, I can see the benefits that it brings uh, to the world. Uh, but uh, I, I see 5G as this uh, uh, emerging technology that can bring even more uh, change uh, has the potential uh, to really change the way we live and work uh, um, in, 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 in the near term. Well, thanks for that, Demetrius. It sounds like you're the right person to have uh, on, our, on our podcast today to talk about this subject. But about the subject of 5G, it feels honestly like we've been talking about it forever. Um, now things are finally kicking off. But I, I have to ask, just like a kid in the backseat on a long road trip, are we there yet? <laughs> Interesting question, uh, and also a very difficult one to answer, to answer, especially when you know how the kids in the back seat uh, behave. Uh, uh, look, uh, uh, in reality, uh, um, the answer is probably not quite yet. Mm. Um, look, 5G is deployed around us, and uh, um, it is available. Uh, uh, operators like T-Mobile, Verizon in the US, E, Vodafone 3 in the UK, amongst others, are, are, are having large-scale deployments. Uh, so from a technology point of view, uh, 5G is here and uh, it is working. Uh, however, and, and that's the, the, the butt of the conversation, um, at this stage, I feel the industry is finding it difficult to demonstrate the value of 5G, uh, especially when it comes to what the user uh, sees himself, what is different from the previous technologies. I think that that's something that the industry is struggling to, to demonstrate. I found very, very interesting uh, uh, a few months back a, a comment from Tariq Amin, the city of Rakuten, uh, that was saying that uh, uh, the most popular app in 5G uh, um, was speed testing. Uh, clearly, that's not the app that you would want uh, to, to focus on. And clearly, there's a lot of excitement, but uh, uh, with the users, not quite there yet. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, hopefully we will get beyond uh, speed testing apps. Uh, there should be more ahead for for users of 5G. But uh, my understanding is that a lot of the benefits are going to be realized by business customers, by enterprise, uh, different verticals. What's the future of business going to look like under a, a 5G future? The way people behave is like the early days of 3G and uh, uh, where we were all wondering about uh, what was at the time described as the killer app. Um, um, we uh, People were looking at what was going to be the future beyond voice. And I think we're in a similar kind of uh, point with uh, with 5G. We all know that something is going to be different, but it, it is not... Uh, um, clear yet. Uh, at EOCO, we have a slightly different per perspective because we, we sort of recognize that uh, the change is not about uh, uh, the handset or the device or the technology. Uh, it, it's more about what you do with it. Uh, clearly, 5G is, is, is transformative technology, something that uh, um, changes um, how people provide connectivity and, and, and I think that potential is, is, is uh, can touch everything uh, in every uh, every industry and I think to be fair the, 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 the broader industry recognizes that and they are trying to uh, start looking at that um, I, I'm quoting from a study a recent GSMA study that asked operators about uh, when they were looking to launch uh, industrial 5G services. And a very large number of them, about 60%, said within the next two years, which I think quite demonstrates the, the, how prepared people are to look at that area uh, for, for, for the future. Uh, more so because I think that the operators themselves uh, um, accept that a large proportion of their growth is going to come from these enterprise uh, um, uh, applications applications. Uh, I, I think, though, that the 5G reality is not going to be only driven by, by, by the operators themselves. Uh, I, I do expect that uh, it will require a more collaborative development of uh, these services, these uh, um, user uh, um, use cases that uh, um, people were going to start seeing in their phones almost to a large extent what we have seen with uh, with, 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 with the, the smartphone. Uh, the smartphone came up and suddenly uh, um, the environment changed completely. Uh, in in Teoko, we are very involved, uh, for example, uh, with uh, um, working with the uh, operators to support their uh, drone management uh, uh, um, systems and, and that is an area that is is going to be uh, uh, a big growth in and, uh, but it is very very clear that while the solution uh, uh, needs to bridge the gap between the operator and uh, uh, um, the industry that actually uh, uh, uses it uh, that bridge is uh, is is not quite uh, uh, there yet, and, and and this is really where uh, both uh, sides of uh, um, uh, the partnership need to start working together. That uh, uh, on the one hand, operators do provide the reliable connectivity that the industry needs, but uh, uh, with the real-time information and with aviation-grade reliability, uh, that uh, um, the the users will mandate for that. Uh, and what I think is critical is that both sides need to recognize, facilitate, and assure this once they understand what the needs and the limitations of each other are.
that my belief is that uh, before we see any real progress, uh, uh, the industries need to understand what are the capabilities of the technology. And at the same time, the operators need to understand what are the needs uh, of the industry. And when that happens, you will have something that will uh, mature quite quickly. But to get to that point, there's quite a lot of uh, effort, um, both in terms of uh, understanding uh, what those needs are, how do you address them, uh, what's the right model, and so on. And it is need this that is necessary to really uh, um, um, determine what's uh, the full impact of 5G. Right. So what do you think, um, who's going to benefit the most from this? What industries out there? You mentioned the, the drone industry and that, that people are, are starting to, to look about 5G, look at 5G and think about it. Um, clearly, you don't have a crystal ball, but what are your thoughts? What are you seeing out there? Well, uh, I, I see a lot of interest uh, from enterprises in general, uh, more so than in, in, in the past. I think, the, as I mentioned earlier, there's a recognition that uh, 5G is, is, is this transformative technology that will allow them to do things differently. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm particularly interested to see uh, what's going to happen as a result of uh, the pandemic, because uh, I, I, I certainly feel that the healthcare industry has become uh, um, even more uh, involved in understanding what connectivity means for them, not only with a specific uh, response to the coronavirus with tracing and uh, tracking and everything else, uh, but also because uh, I feel that the, the the emergence of the pandemic accelerated the pace of adapting technologies and services, for example, uh, for online consultations. Uh, clearly, this is going to be something that is going to be even more important uh, over time. And, and, and it's often you need some kind of uh, this kind of spell to uh, change the way people work. Uh, and, and, and if I may, I also wanted to add one other thing that I've uh, uh, experienced uh, uh, over the last few months. Uh, uh, it, it, and I think that this is an area that uh, actually I think understands quite well uh, uh, the power of connectivity, uh, and that is gaming. Um, if you have children uh, and uh, you see how they uh, interact uh, um, playing Fortnite, you can immediately see almost like a community that wants to be connected with each other and do something together. Uh, I, I, I think that uh, this is a very interesting area, especially if you consider the, the, the potential that it has in, in, in other areas, for example, uh, education, which is also a topic that is very prominent these days with trying to get everyone back to school if possible or actually facilitate their learning with uh, uh, with other means well you raised some really good points there uh, especially as we're all you know hunkered down in our homes um, and looking at new ways to use technology to uh, to help us still have those connections with with people um, is so critical. I, so, I, I genuinely I think yeah. that this connectivity requirement is what basically will make 5G almost immersive. And the example that I give with Fortnite, for example, I've seen my son getting himself immersed in this, and not by himself, by the way, with his friends and interact with each other. You can imagine a situation where they are doing all that in an augmented reality environment 
doing something together, um, but not being together. Yeah, yeah, so true. So what needs to happen um, really for the world to begin realizing this full potential? You know, I, th- I feel like we're right at the cusp, going to almost, almost touch it now that we've, we've got starting to get the technology in place. Um, it seems like there's still a bit of a gap. What needs to happen next? Uh, up to now, operators have been very, very good at providing connectivity for individuals. But when you are talking about uh, creating applications that may require a certain level of performance, uh, they need to start thinking about how they will uh, assure uh, their customers, uh, the, the, their various industry verticals, that uh, they will deliver what is needed. One of the challenges, though, I think, is that Today, you know, there are 5G networks that have been launched, but there, there really aren't the standalone networks um, that launched yet, which means a lot of the uh, coolest capabilities, like network splicing, um, really aren't available yet. So how do you communicate this to your business partners, and how do you, how do you start these wheels in motion um, it, before it even, uh, you know, is a reality? Some of these uh, uh, propositions are not necessarily going to be proven in the full 5G network as it exists now, but will be proven in, 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 in incubation centers, uh, in, in, in research projects that will demonstrate that something like this is possible so that we know what we are trying to deliver and then we can uh, move it in, in, in the 5G network uh, as soon as it has the right capabilities. And to close the loop, it will demonstrate what are the right capabilities that are needed from 5G so that the operators understand that they are investing in something that uh, uh, will give them a a return. Um, Examples are numerous. uh, And and the one that I I will draw is, is again, this drone example. Uh, it, It is possible to demonstrate the capabilities uh, um, without having the full uh, 5G uh, um, technology behind you. Let's face it, uh, um, this is going to be a major issue for operators that want to to, uh, support the various verticals that uh, uh, are going to exist. Uh, You can not be everything to the whole world. You have to make decisions about which way to go. So as these decisions are are really kind of shaping up and as these business models are, are really getting fleshed out, do you do you get a sense that there's a pause on 5G deployments? And if so, you know how can how can we address operator hesitation? What can the industry do really as a whole to move forward? Look again. There is there's the expected and the unexpected, and I still believe that most of the operators are very committed in 5G. They genuinely see this as the future. But what we are seeing is almost not necessarily a pause, almost like a small period of operators looking again about whether the direction that they were having prior to those changes is still the right one. And, and clearly that, that that's necessary. Obviously, we are looking at uh, an economic uh, situation where um, the whole world has been severely impacted and uh, the loss of GDP is inevitably going to result in uh, less revenue for the operators. It would be foolish for them not to do that. Uh, but I genuinely think uh, that they, they, they can still uh, um, see a future uh, that is supported by 5G. What I think 
they are less clear is about how that uh, brings value to their uh, to their top line and this is really where i've been arguing quite quite heavily that uh, they need to understand uh, what are the right uh, um, uh, services and service propositions and as a corollary, the right uh, uh, additional network investments. Uh, I, I think that's something that perhaps uh, uh, is missing uh, to really uh, uh, accelerate uh, 5G. Um, again, I'll quote uh, the GSMA report that says that about 70% of the industry uh, says that they cannot see uh, the business case uh, for 5G uh, uh, over existing technologies. Uh, and I think that that is almost like what stops uh, senior executives that say, you know what, uh, why should I invest in low latency? Why should I uh, um, um, uh, uh, invest in cell-edge computing, what do I get? Uh, and uh, obviously that is a little bit of a chicken and an egg scenario. If you cannot see where the money is going to come from, you are a little bit more hesitant to invest uh, in, in the right areas in the network. Uh, and, and therefore you are a little bit less uh, able to support the needs of the verticals uh, um, that require those. Uh, but I think inevitably through those collaborative projects because uh, most of the operators uh, have this uh, um, view that they can start looking at these new uh, service propositions uh, um, we will be able to win the various services that are going to be uh, required and, uh, and through those uh, the development of those partnerships uh, um, we'll be able to uh, start developing these use cases uh, in tandem between both the operators and uh, um, the enterprises that are making use of it. So it looks like 5G partnerships are going to be different um, than in previous, you know, 4G, 3G generations. Uh, and really with an eye towards developing these industrial use cases and designing private networks, um, less on the consumer side perhaps. So are things moving in this direction in, in a way that makes sense? In your, in your opinion? Uh, 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 yes, and uh, uh, inevitably, I think that this need, will need to be accelerated further. I, I, I remember a discussion that I had with, a, uh, with an executive in an operator in, in, um, in the Middle East that was arguing with, we are very good at uh, uh, providing uh, uh, consumer connectivity, but we are less good at understanding uh, uh, what the specific needs of various industries are. Enterprises and integrators are, are uh, will need to start engaging the operators in that sense to try to uh, create these partnerships. Uh, it, it is about uh, um, recognizing that uh, there needs to be an understanding from the operator of what the industry needs to achieve uh, and uh, that will need to turn into uh, the right level of KPIs or the right uh, service level uh, so that the operators recognize what they need to do in order to support them. Uh, we, we have been working uh, with a couple of universities uh, and a number of uh, industrial partners and operators to try to uh, determine, for example, uh, very, very accurately what is the location of users so that afterwards you can create uh, service propositions on top ranging from health to marketing that uh, actually uh, 
allow you uh, to um, uh, refine uh, um, what uh, the, the users are, are seeing in various locations. I'm talking about indoor locations with an accuracy of, of under a few meters, because then you can actually create this environment in which you assure the, the network because you can take measurements and know what uh, the network uh, uh, gives you in those very accurate locations. But at the same time, you can uh, create all sorts of uh, weird and wonderful use cases like augmented reality uh, um, to provide uh, something that is very specific uh, to these locations. So how do we how do we take these academic discussions and really move them into uh, into practice? Um, it sounds like an, it's just going to take an incredible amount of communication, really within the entire ecosystem. So as an industry, what are the questions that we need to be asking right now? It can be a lot of work to have these conversations and create clear strategies that will work, but uh, um, it's necessary. It needs to be done. Uh, we need to address these questions around what are the customer expectations, uh, how uh, uh, they are going to be delivered, what is the impact in the network, uh, what are the right technologies to deploy, what are the right business models, uh, uh, where the value uh, is added, uh, um, and how this value is being shared, uh, 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 and, and so on. Uh, because if we don't answer that, uh, then uh, we are not going to have the investment that's required uh, for this to happen. Uh, what I'm hopeful uh, uh, is that uh, the, we are beginning to see an understanding that this is needed, both at the operator side and, 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 and in the enterprise. From the point of view of the enterprise, if they found, for example, that the operator cannot give them that, they then can have a conversation about, okay, is that something that we need to do on our own? Do we need to deploy our own uh, network within uh, um, this shopping mall? Uh, because effectively uh, it will it will pay itself, it, will, uh, it, it has a viable business case, and then we can uh, um, provide this kind of service propositions on top. Yeah, so are you seeing any um, uh, really interesting use cases that are, that are under development? And, and if so, who is uh, who's working on these? As Teoko, we are very excited about certain areas. Uh, for example, uh, the, the, the drones. Um, uh, one of the um, uh, projects that I have mentioned that uh, is, is really uh, pushing quite uh, uh, fast forward is uh, the emergence of uh, drones as an alternative uh, to support movements, uh, movement of uh, materials uh, uh, within the, the, the real world. We are working quite hard with operators and the uh, uh, drone aviation industry to try to bridge the gap, as, as I mentioned. Uh, I, I think uh, um, there are some very, very uh, big uh, uh, initiatives there. You, you are beginning to see uh, the collaboration between uh, um, different uh, um, parts of the value chain to create standards. Uh, uh, and, uh, and again, this is something that we are involved with so that uh, it is possible to, to, to deliver um, a full end-to-end -end, uh, capability that can be used either to support uh, medical uh, uh, packages or uh, uh, very simple to bring uh, a different way uh, through which commercial packages can come to, the, to, to, to our houses. Again, something that has been vastly accelerated uh, um, by the pandemic. Uh, 
but what I also uh, think is is critical is to see uh, um, how uh, governments and uh, to a large extent uh, local governments have picked up uh, um, the benefits that uh, uh, 5G brings on a local level. And uh, again, uh, in the UK, we are seeing quite a lot of, uh, quite a few initiatives that uh, bring uh, local authorities uh, that are actually beginning to take ownership of what is happening within their area and certain infrastructure need to be put in place so that uh, whoever uh, wants can start the deploying the road services on top. Uh, these are very exciting. And because of the the, the, the transformative capability of, of 5G, uh, the technology is there to support some of those initiatives uh, going forward. Yeah, good points, excellent points. As they say, necessity is the mother of invention, right? And I think in this new COVID environment that we're in, there's going to be a lot of innovation um, coming out of this and having the technology in place uh, that will help spur that, clearly. Um, so this has been fantastic discussion. Uh, our time is at the end, but thank you, Demetrius, for your time today. Um, I really appreciate uh, your, your participation. Um, as we close things off, if listeners would like to learn more about Tioko's uh, 5G use cases, drone solutions, anything on this topic, uh, be sure to visit www.tioco.com. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation today as much as I have. If so, please be sure to share with your colleagues and coworkers. And, of course, follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter to get updates on future podcasts and other news. So lastly, if you have questions for Demetrius regarding today's discussion or if there are any topics you'd like to hear about in the future, please be sure to send us an email to podcast at tioco.com. Thanks for joining, everyone. And until next time, stay curious, stay connected, and stay informed. <laughs>